Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hey Wiley, Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing on this glorious Tuesday? It is beautiful out there, right? Yeah. It is really, really nice. Um, the more football, the better. Last night was amazing. I um, loved all the blowouts. <laughs> they didn't help my fantasy squad, but yeah. that's okay. You know, bringing in all those backups in the third or at the bottom of the third quarter. Yeah, yeah but speaking of uh, fantasy owners who have Derrick Henry, it's going to be fine. You know, Tannehill just needs to throw the ball more in the air and open up the the running game. I mean, he's still Derrick Henry. Two games. Everyone loves to just like jump off a cliff and be like, "Oh my gosh!" Like Derrick Henry's a bust. Blah, Two games. No, I, I I agree with you on that. I but I also I'm just playing devil's advocate. I agree with you. Oh yeah. But just to play devil's advocate, like it's the not for long league for a reason. Like you know that anything, is true. But he's I still twenty seven, right? Look at all the injuries. By the way, look at all the fluke injuries that happened in the very beginning of last night's game. Oh yeah. You have you have like guys getting carted off just by tur- turning an ankle and just you know um you're, you guys as quarterback those games like, weren't enjoyable. Insane. No, of course not. But but at the same time, you like you have to realize that some of these kids like they're gonna get hurt, you know, turning yeah, the corner, no. which is so crazy. But that's the NFL. For so. sure. For I don't sure. want to burst your bubble, Brandon, but I don't know if it's gonna be fine until Ryan Tannehill is not in at quarterback. That, oh, I agree. Him, Matt Ryan, it's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> when are people going to understand? Whoa, he whoa, is whoa, not whoa. made that's, for the bright lights. I know, He's but not Kirk made Cousins for it. did dominate the Packers. Just I don't care. Out. He he always does this, but then when it becomes a bigger moment, bigger prime time. He what are you supposed to do? This. You can't play a backup in Minnesota. They should never have given him that contract. I he agree. Is terrible. But the worst contract in sports history was the Tannehill contract. I said at the time, like, what are they doing? This is a guy who was ran out of town in Miami, yet they give him a big contract. And they only got to the AFC title game once because of Henry and their defense. Yes, it wasn't him. I agree. I agree. But Kirk is just a different level of abysmal. I mean, not. literally, like, they're, the Eagles defenders were mocking him. He should have had 10 interceptions yesterday. I don't know how he before, didn't. Before we get into headlines, let me give you three quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr. Who's the best of the three? In terms of winning, I'm going to take Jimmy G and then Carr and then Cousins. But Carr has the same problem as Cousins. Carr, literally, we saw at week one, he does this where it's like inexcusable interceptions. It's not just interceptions. It's what are you looking at interceptions? Could you also maybe draw this back to it's week two? No, you can't. Not with Kirk Cousins. No, I, I'm oh, sorry. Hey, no, you can't. Ryan Tannehill's looked. Look at those numbers. No, 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 11 no, no, of 20. That, 
two interceptions. There's nothing going on. And it's on not with like Hill. people say it's AJ Brown. Like, yeah, that's that's a big reason AJ Brown's great. But Traylon Burks is no slouch, even as a rookie. The problem is Tannehill. He's not getting him or Woods the ball, right? And what that's doing is with a depleted offensive line, they've had injuries. The Titans, Derrick Henry, they're setting him up for failure because. They can't take pressure off of the run. Everyone knows they're going to run with Derrick Henry. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it's not Henry like getting worse. It's more just the team is just horrendous. But what can you do? It's week two, <laughs> right? I mean, Jared Goff's better than Matt Stafford this year so far. So <laughs> oh, it's like, yeah, it's true. So far, so far. two weeks. No, absolutely. Three, right. Through two games. Yeah. All right. Let's get to today's headlines right now, brought to you by Circus Sports. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contests are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Hit it, Jihei. First, let's go to a team that <laughs> is just... Talk about abysmal. Um, the Los Angeles Angels were officially eliminated from postseason contention yesterday despite having both Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Guys, what do they need to do to make the playoffs next I year? I forgot if it was Brandon or Grant who sent that tweet. And I said, I don't know how... Grant. Okay, yeah, because Grant was, was very happy to kind of needle you. I was like, how long have these news networks, outlets, had that tweet prepared? Because, I mean, my goodness. I mean, they've been eliminated, you know, not... Technically, but really been eliminated from postseason competition for quite some time. It is, you know, very depressing. I will say this, though. With what's going to happen this offseason, with the, with the franchise for sale, that is going to change the course of this team. And I don't know who's going to buy the franchise, but that will infuse some new life into this team. New manager, new management, new owner, new direction, hopefully, for this team. I think the pieces are in place, Brandon, for this team to get back to the postseason. But my goodness, they have not won a postseason game since 2009. That is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, look, they, they have the base. That's what we've been talking about. It used. To, it reminds me, my dad said this yesterday. It reminds me, he reminded him of the uh, like Donald Sterling Clippers before they, you know, got a new owner and stuff. Like how they had talent, but they kept. Obviously, that team made the playoffs multiple times, but they kept choking. Right? Part of that is Doc Rivers being a head coach. You can always rely on that. Death taxes and, and Doc Rivers choking in the playoffs. But I mean, part of it is also like the culture. Right? A new owner needs to come in and really just change everything. Keep trotting Otani. They've won, you know, a lot of games against good teams recently because they're, they started to hit a little more. They took three out of four against the Mariners. The base is there. They've seen great seasons out of Rangifo, Luis Rangifo, Trout, Otani, Taylor Ward out of nowhere, right? Joe Adele, they need to develop, but it's pitching. I feel like it always comes back to pitching. The hitting will always be up and down for pretty much every team except the Dodgers. I mean, they just have a ridiculous lineup. But every other team, like even with the Yankees, you see they have only one good hitter in their lineup right now, like Aaron Judge, right? Everyone else is kind of hit or miss. That's what's going to happen with hitting. They need to get dominant pitching. You got Carlos Rodon, who's going to be a free agent. You got even a Nathan Avaldi. Like give him like five million dollars. See see what he can do. Sean Manea, he's had a terrible year. You could probably get him cheap. The problem is, can they develop those guys back into what they've done? Because the, they're not the Dodgers, they're not the Rays, yeah. where they can just get a guy who seemed to have a 70 ERA and turn him into a two to three ERA pitcher. You know, hence, hence Andrew Heaney, 
Anderson Gonsolin, turning them into kind of stars in one year. Maybe a Jamison Tyone. I mean, this is a really a deep free agent uh, market for pitching. Tyler Anderson's also a free agent. That's another guy that the Angels could look at. But the base of Reed Detmers, Shohei Otani, Patrick Sandoval on the mound, and then Otani, Trout, Rengifo, Taylor Ward, Anthony Rendon. Well, he's going to get suspended when in the first game back from, remember, that scuffle, even though he's hurt. He's going to get suspended the first six games of next season. But they have the base, but I'm concerned that this team doesn't get sold until the offseason's over. And what do you do? You know what I'm saying? That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, but the hope here is that someone buys the team that is worth a ton of money. I mean, there's been some talk of Dr. Patrick Sunshung, the richest man in Los Angeles. You just have to have someone in place that wants to give back to this team. When the Dodgers were sold, that was the only hope. Please, someone buy this team that will once again make this a contending team. And that's what exactly happened. You look at what Mark Walters and that team has done. They're a contending team and they're always going to be, whether it's Mookie Betts or Freddie Freeman, they're always going to load up and really put out the best team. Now, how they play on the field, what they, they do, they can't control that. But at the end of the day, the Dodgers will always put out the best talent. The, they have the talent. You got Mark, you have Mike Trout, you have Shohei Watani. So now they, they just have to figure out a way to finally win. Yeah. Well, speaking of winning, we uh, didn't really win last night with this doubleheader, but it was on last night on ESPN's Monday Night Football with the Titans getting demolished by the Bills and the same with the Eagles versus the Vikings. Is anyone else, by the way, wondering why they did this in week two as opposed to when they traditionally do it in week one? That was my first question. I mean, why why in week two? I mean, if, traditionally over the past few years, over the past 10 years plus, I mean, they, they've had two big Monday night games to start the season. So to have two Monday night games in week two in two and again you can't control how these teams play, but two the duds, I mean I, I I didn't watch the complete games. I uh, tuned it on. I, I watched it a little bit in the background, but yeah. Wondering why in week two rather than week one. I had read somewhere that it had something to do with the the award show last week. I don't watch award shows. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, what was it? The Emmys? Yeah, I, I don't know. It was, know the, Emmys. It was the Emmys. Um, by the way, Emmys had their lowest. I think like less than five they million across people across the board. Like yeah award shows nobody's watching them no. anymore well i think no. it's i mean this is completely off topic but i think it's just because they give it to an hbo show every year it's like succession like better <laughs> call Saul should have won by a mile they didn't do anything <laughs> like that's one of honestly talk about the intricacies and character development of better call Saul. probably my favorite show of all time and it never won it was Bob great, Odenkirk never won for it was acting. definitely a great spinoff that's oh my gosh he's incredible. can you believe that um it's I'm not saying Succession's bad. Like, everyone likes Succession. It's a good show. But, like, giving it every single year. That's the that's the equivalent, by the way, of Leonardo Cap- DiCaprio not winning um, for but he 20, did. 30. I yeah, know. but he only won once. <laughs> for the Revenant. I yeah. mean, have you seen all of the things that he has done? He should have won for Basketball Diaries when he was a kid. Should have like, won for Wolf of Wall Street now. Everything. Everything that that guy has done, he should have won for. Well, except let's hope his girlfriends are over the age of 18 now. Well, allegedly, he's um he is currently dating Gigi Haddad, so oh. she's 27. Good for him. So Working up in work, working That's up. Good. We'll, That's we'll good. see. We'll I know see. they always joke all those memes about <laughs> Leo, like... If you were, if you were, if you were 
born before 9-11. You can't date him and stuff <laughs> like that. That's always so funny. But yeah, he's a great actor. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I mean, the Emmys, they're losing views. Not that That's part of the reason. They give it to Succession, Game of Thrones. It'll be House of Dragon next year, right? They're going to give it to. It's just, I mean, I mean, that deserves it. But the Succession four years in a row, oh, man, it's just, it's hard. You got it. Part of a of a business, and I get they have the right to vote, but part of like an award thing is to have diversity to vote for like yeah. different shows. Otherwise, what are those people doing writing those shows to be this good to go and get that Emmy just to know they're going to lose to Succession or House of Dragon every year or an HBO show, right? Yeah, I, mean, I mean that's another reason why no one watches. Everyone knew Succession was going to win. Everyone yeah, but I, no, 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 and you're and you're totally right. Like it's unfortunate. Like the um, you know whoever whoever gets has the right to vote on that board. That they're kind of just calling it, um, yeah. But at the but at the same time, you you write because you love to write. You write. Oh, of you course. Want, you, you don't do, do it for awards. Yeah. Better Call Saul is still rated as one of the one of the uh, uh, one of the like best shows of all time. Like st- on every site, it's top like Absolutely. ten to fifteen. And you know, it's it, because it's the same creators as Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. I personally like Better Call Saul better than Breaking Bad. But um, was that because you were able to binge it or is that because you No, so Breaking Bad is is more like exciting. Better Call Saul. I feel like I just I'm attached to the characters more like I love Jimmy, you know, Saul, like Mike. Mike is more developed in in Better Call Saul. You have Gus a lot versus like Breaking Bad. Yeah, Gus is a lot more. He's a great actor. I know we're talking about TV. Let's get back to sports. (laughs) I like that. Brandon's very passionate no matter what, whether it's Jimmy G or television shows or award shows. I love it. Um, I love but it. Going, going back to this this headline, though, um, I think that what they're doing is is similar to what the Champions League is doing. Um, I know nobody probably watches soccer in here, but um, they 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 space it out so that that way you can see you know Liverpool player, you can see you can see some like a team that you would never ever watch yeah. in prime time play. So yes. I think that might be one of the other reasons why they had this staggered out double header. Yeah. Um. Because I. I at, at first, I didn't really even think. I was like, "Why are you doing this in week two? First of all, second of all, why are you doing this where it's an hour in between? You know, because normally they would do um, one game first, and then right after that game, they would coincide into the next game. Um, but th- this is a possibility. I'm just throwing it out. No, there. yeah, that's a great point, and I, I think that you're on to something there, Jihei, for sure. I want to go back to what Arash said at the beginning because you said, and I'm not disagreeing when or somebody said it was two duds. One of my favorite sports watching experiences is watching a quarterback turn into like a car crash. And literally, he was number one. No, Cousins. I mean, Tannehill as well. Tannehill was worse. No, Cousins was terrible. Cousins Cousins was was going. Yes. Literally, every single time he dropped back. Everybody was like, "That's an interception." I, you interception. know, no, no wonder Adam Thielen in preseason was asking Trey Lance if he could come next offseason already, and Trey Lance hasn't even played quarterback. And then, <laughs> and he's already better than Kirk Cousins. And and you have the the Monday night record now of two and ten on on Monday night games that Cousins is. I mean. Yes, it was a dud of a game, but when you have a quarterback that's literally imploding, to me, <laughs> at least, that's still entertaining. entertaining. Yeah, because it's like watching a car crash. You can't take your eyes off of it. You're like, yeah, the game is over, but how bad is this going to get? Are you going to throw seven interceptions? What's going on? And by the way, if they would have picked off the passes that hit him directly in the hands, <laughs> if you go back and watch the tape, literally the Eagles could have had like six, seven interceptions. So yes, dud of a game. 
But like, how, how long can you watch a car crash though? Because I can watch cr- Kirk Cousins <laughs> crash his car. Like, for me, <laughs> I'm sorry. I that's, mean, that's great. It's always great to see. I mean, it's it's great. I mean, I hate to say it because I did think the Raiders would win. 10 or 11 games but after I came out with that article I was telling Raj I think they might finish last like the more I think about it the Broncos even though with all their problems there there was a video yesterday that I just saw it, it circulated if you guys haven't seen it Kyler. you probably will Russell Wilson trying to get his teammates to call out hey guys is it gonna be a run or a pass call it call it call it oh and he God. was so adamant and I'm like this guy's already lost the locker room like there's no yeah. way yeah. after what happened in I mean Seattle. have you seen his have you seen no effect like I'm a TikToker, but have you seen his TikToks? Uh, I saw the the one. That's how you lose a locker the, room. Yeah, that's that type of cringe yeah. TikToks that he makes. It's a like, lot of that's cringe, bad. Sure. That's how Domantas. That's why Domantas Sabonis got traded. He was making all those cringe <laughs> TikToks for the Pacers. What's like it. an example? Like just for people. Oh, on just TikTok, like what's uh, uh, like doing weird. Like you're a professional athlete, right? Oh, like like those God. those weird like faces and dances oh, and talking <laughs> to like. I mean did. that's fine, but like yeah. I'm all for you being yourself. But that's not going to get you that like you you can't just be the Jackson Mahomes of of your locker room. Yeah. No one's going to respect that. He did one last week that said the three most important things to me and then he points to the top of the screen and he's like doing like a little dance yeah. and he yeah. goes faith family <laughs> football and it's like, and it's, like it's like dude like 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 russell wilson they protect his reputation but shut up you left your long-term wife for ciara dude like talk about yeah. faith and stuff no offense dude what the, yeah so really quickly because you said who wants to watch a car crash yeah. one of my memories from back football wise was do you guys remember the peyton manning game against the chargers when he had six picks that game yeah. was do you remember that it was a primetime game six picks it was that, yeah. it was very but like is, those games. And now it's out Monday Night Football with so, Peyton and Eli. You're not going to get to see a quarterback just implode, and you can see it's mental at yeah. that point. I I, I I'll tell you. Generally, if you have a backup who's not the worst backup then in you're the gonna, world, yeah. you're gonna yeah, you're at not gonna let your quarterback it. get to six picks. Yeah. I mean that's they nuts. want. Yeah, I mean, but then Derrick Henry was taken out of the freaking <laughs> matchup after. 10 rushes, you know, for like 20 yards. It was it was crazy. But I think we're missing one of the big points here is the Golden State Warriors were so dominant, right, throughout their dynasty. Yeah. Um, and kind of everyone knew they were going to win going into the season when they had KD. This is kind of how everyone feels about the Buffalo Bills. You know, like this is possibly the most dominant defense since the 2015 Broncos and the do- most dominant offense since the Chiefs when they won the Super Bowl, right? Like, it's kind of crazy. They might go sixteen, like seventeen and zero. Wow. Well, you know? I don't know. I don't know about that's hard to do. And it's hard like, to do, and that's why I'm just saying who's gonna win. I, mean, yeah. I know but they it's are like very a, dominant. It's I like totally a one team it. take it all. But th- this uh, this is like maybe the most balanced team I've seen in years in football. Well, know? I lo- I love what Von Miller said that a he wants to do this with another team to make sure that he is the it factor. Yeah, he is the reason why they're winning this this ring. We'll see what happens with the Rams. They, they still might not be a contending team, but you talked about it. If yeah. the Bills are this good, if they are, and let's just not say 17-0, if they're 15-2, and two, if they're one of the best teams in the league or top five team in the last 10 years, it's not crazy to lose that first game again. It was a 10-10 10, 10, 10, 10 game third quarter, and then the wheels fell off that thing. But again, not a, a terrible loss in the big scheme I mean, of things. think of it. They didn't even have Gabe Davis last night. They just targeted Diggs more. Yeah. Like, they just figured things out. It's crazy. It's it, They had that fullback catching touchdowns. That guy didn't even play in week one. Yeah. Like, 
hats off to the Bills, man. It's their year. There's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, well, with <laughs> two more minutes left, obviously, it's the Rosh Markazi show. Got to talk about the Lakers, guys. Purple and gold. <laughs> the Lakers signed uh, Dennis Schroeder and now have... Uh, four point guards on the roster. The Lakers say that um, they see ba- Pat Bev as a three and D wing at just six one. Armand um, likes that one. But, but how is this? Um, how is this shaping up? Assuming Westbrook stays. I would have to imagine that Russell Westbrook has to get dealt at some point, and if that's not the case, yeah, you have to find a role for all these players. Schroeder is such a great deal, right? I oh, mean, yeah. at, at a minimum, at a minimum deal. And again, I keep going back to this: that team, not last year, because that was a train wreck. We get that. The team that lost to the Suns in the first round, March 20th of 2021. That team had the second best record in the league. And GA and I were in Las Vegas. LeBron goes down, wheels come off that train. They were the second best team in the league. They were coming off winning the championship. Why they took that team down and destroyed that team and Schroeder's gone and Harrell's gone and Kuzma's It made no gone, sense. If Davis is healthy, that team's gone. in the finals. Yeah. So, I mean, it made no sense at all. And I think that's what we said in the very, very beginning, too, right? We were like, why are you getting rid of all these guys that helped you win again when you can run it back with all these guys? Just resign them. Just figure it out and resign them. And it never made sense because Schroeder, people were talking about his playoff performance, but he was good in the regular season. And then when Davis goes down, then, yes, he's going to struggle because his role changes and he's asked to do too much. I know we're almost out of time. Real quick, I really like Westbrook, what he's done with his jump shot. It's still not great, but I feel like he's poised for at least a better season than last yeah. year, right? If Sh- I mean, it deadline. can't be worse. Yeah, it can't Sh- be worse. If Schroeder had just signed that contract, it would have been great for him and great for the Lakers because they would have never gotten Westbrook. We would have never gotten <laughs> Westbrook. <laughs> All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend, the sports god, Dave Smith. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guarantee. Prizes are back. Visit CircusSports.com for de- for details. And here he is, our main man, the sports god, Dave Smith. Dave, how are you? 
I'm good, Rock. How are you? Good, uh, Dave. We kind of first have to start here with the Canelo Triple G. Uh, did not get a ton of attention. Probably, in hindsight, rightfully so. Not a fantastic uh, trilogy, or at least a third fight there. Canelo won handily. I, I, I didn't think it was as close in the end as a few of the j- judges had. Dave, your thoughts on the fight? Yeah, I thought there's no doubt about it that Canelo won the fight. Um, uh, uh, Triple Z looked all of his 40 years yeah. uh, forty years old on Saturday, but... Uh, I had it one sixteen one twelve eight to four, which I thought was about right. Uh, yeah. Canelo dominated early, but you know, he kind of ran out of gas and went into cruise control. Probably lost three out of the last four rounds. Uh, which I don't know if that's a good sign. He got tired and kind of faded against the Dimitri Bivol too. So, you know, I, I, I guess it's okay. Um, it happened four or five years too late. The third fight here, and there wasn't as we talked about before. Well, there was hardly any buzz at all, and nobody was talking about it afterwards either. For two of the all-time greats here. So, interesting. And now we see what's next for Canelo after this. Yeah, I mean, what is next for Canelo? Because I, I, I don't, I think he got hurt in the fight. I, I don't remember exactly what what happened there. But what is next for Canelo? Because now he's in a precarious position, Dave, where, again, if he is to be viewed as the best pound-for-pound pound or, you know, top five, he, he needs to get back into these significant fights. When Canelo is in the ring, everyone in the country stops what they're doing and talk, talking about it. That was the case a couple of years ago. That's not the case right now. Yeah, well, he's got, uh, there was a rematch clause he had against uh, Bivol, yeah. so maybe that happens, although I think, uh, I don't see how it would be any different if they fought at 175 for the second time, with Bivol winning kind of easy if they have that rematch. Uh, you know, because Zerdo Ramirez is fighting uh, Bivol next, so that, that's a really good fight. Zerdo is a really good fighter and a good live dog in that one, and that's a really good chance to win, I think, so maybe if he wins, maybe that's the next fight for Canelo, um, and there's always David Benavides. That's the fight that I've been looking forward to for a long time, going up against Canelo. And uh, Canelo brought up his name in the post-fight press conference, and he said a couple of weeks ago he was going to stop fighting Mexican, other Mexican fighters. But then, uh, then Benavides called him out, so I think that, that, that might change now. That's what we've been waiting for. And, uh, you know, he, he's half Mexican, right? He was born in America, and one of his parents is uh, from Uruguay. So maybe Canelo will say that doesn't count, and he'll fight him. Yeah, and Dave, G, Triple G just looked old and washed. It's so sad to see a fighter age like that. That just was so 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 dominant for a long time. And especially, I know you and Arash talk about this. Canelo should have uh, lost at least, you know, to GGG. What was that? The second fight or the first fight? The first two, really the first two, really, really right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah. Canelo. This was the only fight he really truly just dominated yeah. right now i think it was because of triple g's age i wanted to ask you about the angels i know you have the curse of the sports god on them. we talked about them in the first segment i know you're say you're gonna you're gonna uh retract it when uh may possibly if they have a new owner when do you think this team's gonna get sold because i was telling arash i'm concerned if if this team doesn't get sold Artie moreno is still the owner in the off season i mean we have the same staff everyone's still there going into next year <laughs> Well, I would imagine that the Angels will be sold before next season starts to be serious about this, and it won't take too long because they'll get uh, you know a couple of billion dollars probably for this uh, Angels team. But uh, yeah, um, I said I, I would consider lifting the curse, but for that to happen, the team has to be sold. Everybody in the front office has to go. Nobody can be retained. There has to be a house cleaning in the radio division as well for me to 
<laughs> for me to lift the cursor. So we'll see. But, um, you know, the, another bad season. They're not even going to make the wild card, even though they're taking a third team this year. And uh, on paper, every year you look at this team and say they should be a playoff team. And every year they don't make it and they don't play well, despite so high and Mike Trout and, and all the great players they have. Dave, it is very early, obviously, in the NFL season. But last night, we saw two teams that honestly might be the best teams from their respective conferences, Buffalo and Philadelphia. I want to ask you about the Eagles because Jalen Hurts, he really put on a show against the Vikings last night. The defense looked great. Do you think, again, very early in the season, the Eagles are a serious contender to not only win the NFC, but to compete for a Super Bowl? Yeah, absolutely. I know it's early. It's only two games, but they certainly look like the best team in the NFC so far. And, uh, well, you brought up Jalen Hurts, though. He was, he was doubted uh, when he went to Alabama. Then he got beaten out for the job by two and wound up playing in Oklahoma and having a good year. Uh, was the starter last year in Philadelphia, but, you know, people thought he wasn't the guy if they ever wanted to get to the Super Bowl. He's maybe a good backup quarterback in the NFL, but the credit to him, how much he's improved and how hard he's worked because uh, his weaknesses, are now his strengths over the last couple of years. Kind of reminds me a little of, uh, not to compare him uh, in his sport, but Steph Curry, a guy, when he came out of college, uh, I think we're old enough to remember, nobody thought that Steph Curry would be a really good NBA player. Uh, uh, people thought he'd be a bust. Um, uh, and he improved 50% his first couple of years in the NBA after he got there. So I look to see guys who don't just sit on their laurels and improve and get better once they get into the, in the professional ranks. Uh, Dave, big story out of the uh, 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 from the first uh, week or two of the season. Jimmy G back at quarterback for the San Francisco yeah. 49ers, and I think a lot of 49er fans out there didn't appreciate the moxie of Jimmy G, the winning mentality. Tell me what you thought again. Trey Lance I, again, maybe at some point, maybe could be next year, will be in position to be this team's quarterback. So your thoughts though on Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, that was a shame that what happened to Trey Lance. Now I was, and I, and I talked about it on their show. I was. I was a thousand percent against uh, Jimmy G losing his starting job and going with Trey Lance in the first place. I didn't think the kid was ready. And but now, uh, you know, he's out with a broken ankle. He'll be out to at least till next year. And Jimmy G came in and played very well on Sunday. And they have a better chance to get uh, get back to the Super Bowl and make some noise in the playoffs with Jimmy G as quarterback instead of uh, Lance. And you know, I, I, it, it astounds me as a 49ers fan how down everybody is on on Jimmy G and. Uh, you got to get rid of him. You got to trade him. Uh, uh, he's not the guy. He's not the right quarterback for the future. All he does is win. You look at his record; it's incredible as a starting quarterback in the NFL. They took him to the Super Bowl, took him to the NFC Championship game last year, and uh, it wasn't his fault they didn't win that Super Bowl. And it certainly wasn't his fault that he didn't catch that interception. That was Mr. Tart last year against the Rams. So I'm a big fan. I like him. I think he's a winner. And uh, uh, you know, and he's got to take advantage of this now, but I, I, I think the 49ers are in much better shape with him as the starting quarterback. And then what if he does play well and stays healthy this year? He's a free agent at the end of the year, then Lance is back. And Lance at that point will have gone pretty much three years without playing. So it'll be decision time for the 49ers. Yeah. And, and Dave, speaking of that, I was going to ask because I feel like everything happens for a reason. I'm, I hate that Trey Lance got hurt. But they did, players and coaches did anonymously tell the SF Chronicle they're a much better team now 
obviously, with Jimmy G, who can read defenses as quarterback, then Trey Lance. And I always told Arash, I, I think Trey Lance has the upside, way more upside. We know what Jimmy G is. He's a winner. He wins games. He gets you to the place. But he has trouble putting you over the top. However, Trey Lance, you have a rookie quarterback with a championship-ready roster. He was going to have to learn all year to read defenses. It was very, very hard for them with him as their starting quarterback to make the Super Bowl. Now it's a bit easier in, in a weak NFC, you know, if they can get past like the Eagles, Rams. I know it's early, but do you consider if they go really far again this, this season, do you sit Trey Lance next year? Do you re-sign Jimmy Garoppolo? Because personally, I wouldn't mind that if you have a championship-ready roster. Well, that's a good question. I, I don't know if I would agree with uh, you. You can't get over the top with Jimmy G. They they had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl two or three years ago. And to me, it wasn't his fault. I thought that was Kyle Shanahan's fault with his gutless play calling and his clock mismanagement in that game that cost him the Super Bowl. And he's not the one who dropped that interception last year in the championship game against the Rams. I do think you can't get over the top with him. I like him as an NFL quarterback. Now, but the problem, yeah, well, yeah, that's a very good question. What do you do if he plays well and they make another good playoff run here? Uh, I would, unfortunately, uh, I would think he's probably still gone in the offseason because they gave Lance so much money and they traded three number one picks for him. He's still only, what, 21, 22 years old, the quarterback of the future. I don't, they're going to give Jimmy Z a six-figure contract extension with Trey Lance back on the roster next year. I don't think so. I think Jimmy Z will be playing, unfortunately, for a different team next year. Dave, your thoughts on the point guard situation for the Lakers. Schroeder's back on a one-year contract. I mean, a fascinating story there in terms of, you know, the big-time contract he turned down two years ago. Now he's back on the veteran minimum deal. Four point guards. Does that mean Russell Westbrook trade is on the horizon? What's your thoughts there? Yeah, if they can find a taker, you know, they've been trying to move him, but there's no takers for Russell Westbrook so far. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are criticizing the Lakers here and saying it can't work. And now with Kendrick Nunn and, uh, and Pat Beverly and, and Shooter and, and Westbrook, he's got four point guards. But, uh, Ross, you know, this isn't the 80s or the 90s here. This is the 2022 NBA. And yeah. you can't have enough good guards back there, enough good point guards. It's, it's a positionless league right now. And, you can't have enough guys who can create and handle the ball and score, and you just go small. So I like what they've done on the offseason. I got no problem at all with the four point guards, and I think you can play two or three of them at the same time these days. No problem. And also, Dave, I have to bring it back to the Clippers. You know, they've had a lot of success in the sense where they've gotten to the Western Conference Finals, their first ever, but they really want to win a championship. Kawhi looks locked in. The team has arguably some of the best depth in the league. Do you expect them to be there toward the end of the season next next year? Absolutely, if they stay healthy. Look at this Clippers roster. They have depth. They have a, a superstar on Kawhi if he stays healthy. Another really good player on Paul George. I, I like this Clippers team a lot, but and they're, they're a lot like the Chargers. Uh, you know, the Chargers, the Chargers always find a way to lose. Uh, I've never seen an NFL team lose so many close games the way the Chargers do and that. They're kind of snake bit, just like the Clippers are here. So I just don't think the Clippers will get over the hump uh, and win an NBA championship. It's, it's, uh, I don't know what the curse is. Now, I've never personally cursed the Clippers. I don't have anything <laughs> against them. But it, it could be the curse of Donald T. Sterling. Uh, maybe that's what it is. But <laughs> for some reason, uh, bad fortune always finds this team. 
I mean, three one series leads twice, Dave, in the second round of the playoffs. Yep. Both trying to get to their you know first ever conference finals, and I mean, it's still amazing, by the way, that they found a way to beat Utah without Kawhi. You know, Ka- Kawhi goes down, and I'm thinking, here we go again. And Paul George willed that team to the conference finals again. They they lost, but I I agree, Dave. I mean, I've covered this team closely for 20 years, and just when you think that they've turned the corner, just when you think this. This is the moment. Forget about the past. They choked. They, they just choke. Yeah. And, and so, again, on paper, talented team. Perhaps the most talented team in the league. We'll see what happens. Dave, speaking of talent, USC's back at the Coliseum that they yeah. were rocking. Uh, they are... The, the way that that team scores, Dave, I know they're not a great defensive team, but I don't know if they have to be. I think if they score 42, 49, 50 points a game, they're going to find a win. Your thoughts on the USC Trojans? Well, they are so much fun to watch. And night and day with uh, in the coaching situation with oh, yeah. Gomer Helton gone and with Gomer gone and now what? And now having Lincoln Riley there, they are so much fun to watch, and they're so stacked, and they are so talented. And they're not great defensively yet. You make a good point, Arash, but uh, this team is a lot of fun. But I'll tell you one thing. I was talking about this the other day. I think Oregon State's going to give them hell this Saturday up in, in Corvallis. And that, there's a chance Oregon State could. I wouldn't be surprised if the Beavers win that game against USC. This will be – I know they played Stanford on the road, but Stanford isn't any good. So this – this will be a real test. I think it's a night game, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. or Uh Oregon State's already beaten Boise State. They've already beaten Fresno State. Uh, they scored 68 points last Saturday. Jonathan Smith, the former quarterback there, is doing a terrific job coaching that team. They're impressive. I've watched every game they played this year. I'm telling you guys, they're going to give USC hell on Saturday, and they can win that game. But, but by the way, Dave, real quick, the Corval—I mean—that is always a trap game for USC. You go back yes. to Pete P. Carroll's teams, Corvallis, Pullman, Washington. I mean, those are. But Corvallis in particular is just always a tough game. So yes, I, I'm really hoping that former players come and talk to these guys and say, "Hey, don't just look at this team and what they've done this season. This this game, historically speaking, has." Like, like for, for the past 20 years, Dave, has been a trap game. Yeah, I mean, you could probably remember that show, Ross. I think it was, what, 2009 or 10? I think the USC Mark went Sanchez up there undefeated. Team. Yeah, and by the way, Dave, yeah, that they, was Pete Carroll's best team. And, and no one talks about him because yep. they played one bad half in Corvallis. They couldn't recover. They lost that game. Their schedule, because the Pac-12 was down that year, they couldn't recover from that That's one right. loss. That was the best defense Pete Carroll's had. I would say it's his best team. They could not recover from one bad loss up in Corvallis. Yeah, that was Mike Wiley coaching Oregon yep. State. If I remember right, um, I think Oregon State got up like 21 nothing or 28 exactly. nothing. It was yep. unbelievable. They jumped on him, and that was the Rogers brothers. Remember, to Chris and James. Exactly. They had a really good team that year. And... Um, like you said, a trap game up there, and they jumped on them, and they got way out. And USC came all the way back, but they couldn't win. And you're right, it ruined the season because the back end usually can't survive a loss and get into a national championship game. So I'm kind of smelling the same thing here coming up <laughs> on Saturday. Yeah, Dave, I wanted to jump back into the NFL really quickly. The Bengals, yes. Super Bowl hangover talk. <laughs> 0-2 again, two weeks into the season. So early for this kind of talk, but it's... 
some concerning signs with their offensive line. They replaced four out of their five offensive line starters, and it looks like they have a lot of the same problems. Are you concerned about the Bengals? And second, second part of the question, do you think that they have enough to bounce back and get a postseason spot this year in a loaded AFC? They might have enough to get to the postseason, although um, I don't think any of us should be surprised here. Every single thing broke right for them last year, especially in the postseason. They got a lot of breaks, a lot of turnovers. The team stayed healthy, some timely field goal kicking. But I, I, I think we, we, we kind of all saw the letdown here and reality setting in for the Bengals. And they weren't going to be anywhere near as good this year. So 0-2, oh, yeah, again, I don't think they're a playoff team, especially looking at that offensive line. And Joe Burrow is running for his life and setting, NBA, setting NFL records probably for getting sacked this year. So, yeah, and they could have easily won. They should have won that Steelers game in week one, and they probably should have won that Cowboys game as well. But, yeah, that offensive line is a major concern, and that's something they thought they fixed in the offseason. Dave, UCLA is 3-0, and oh, but the talk of the Bruins this year has been the abysmal crowds at the Rose Bowl. I mean, listen, they yeah. haven't paid, they have not played great teams. That being said, you know, when you play in a 100,000-seat stadium and you're drawing crowds of about 20,000, Troy Aikman took to Twitter and said, you know, time to, for them to build the on-campus facility. Like, I think that's a little, I mean, first of all, there's no place for that. But uh, listen, when they play good opponents, they're going to draw crowds. The problem is the Rose Bowl is way too big. Your thoughts on UCLA? And, and again, can they do anything about these terrible crowds? Yeah, it's difficult to say. You look at that schedule, the first three games they played, and they sort of lost to South Alabama yeah. on Saturday if they they had that uh, boxed fake uh, fake punt and uh, went for it on fourth and one late in the game. If they convert, they would have won. So UCLA was fortunate to come out of that one. So who knows uh, how good they are this year. As far as the uh, Rose Bowl was concerned, uh, I, I know that the students I know who've gone to UCLA over the years say they, they just don't want to get onto a bus and travel all that way from, from UCLA to, to the Rose Bowl for home games. And, and let's face it, UCLA football is like USC basketball. Nobody cares yeah. it's down here. There's almost... There's almost zero interest for both teams. And yeah, I know Troy talked about that on campus stadium. And I know guys in Arasha, they've talked about that for years, how convenient that would be and how the students would like it. And, and they talked about maybe putting it where Drake Stadium, the, the track stadium is I now. Am. They could build a football stadium there. But they run into issues as well with the neighborhood and, and, and with, with the neighborhood committees there. They don't want the traffic and they don't want another stadium there. They don't want the hassle. Uh, running through Bel Air in those neighborhoods. So you got a problem with the community and the neighborhood. And uh, like you said, Arash, where are they going to put it unless they convert Drake Stadium into a football stadium? Exactly. And I think the problem that UCLA is confronting now is now with two pro football teams, this has been a struggle for USC. You, by the way, USC was very smart. When they redid the Coliseum, they put in those club seats, they put in those suites, they reduced the capacity. It is so hard to fill yep. a stadium of 90, 100,000 people. It's hard to do. So SoFi is 70,000. The new Coliseum, about 70,000. That is the appropriate figure. So, yeah. Dave, you're the best. Let's do it again next week. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy.
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.